Section 9 of Iris Street. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Iris Street by William Makepeace Thackeray. The Lion of the Street and the Dove of the Street. The Lion of the Street. What people can find in Clarence Bulbul, who has lately taken upon himself the rank and dignity of Lion of our street, I have always been at a loss to conjecture. He has written an eastern book of considerable merit, Miss Clapperclaw says, but hang it, has not everybody written an eastern book? I should like to meet anybody in society now who has not been up to the second cataract. An eastern book, forsooth. My Lord Castle Royal has done one. An honest one. My Lord Yengent another, an amusing one. My Lord Woolsey another, a pious one. There is the cutlet and the kebab, a sentimental one. Timbuktu then, a humorous one, all ludicrously overrated, in my opinion, not including my own little book, of which a copy or two is still to be had, by the way. Well then, Clarence Bulbo, because he has made part of the little tour that all of us know, comes back and gives himself airs, forsooth, and howls as if he were just out of the great Libyan desert. When we go and see him, that Irish Jew courier, whom I have before had the honor to describe, looks up from the novel which he is reading in the anteroom and says, Mon maître est en divan, or Monsieur trouvera Monsieur dans Sosserelle, and relapses into the Contes de Monte Cristo again. Yes, the impudent wretch has actually a room in his apartments on the ground floor of his mother's house, which he calls his harem. When Lady Betty Bulbul, they are of the Nightingale family, or Miss Blanche comes down to visit him, their slippers are placed at the door and he receives them on an ottoman, and these infatuated women will actually light his pipe for him. Little Spitfire, the groom, hangs about the drawing room, outside the harem forsooth, so that he may be ready when Clarence Bulbul claps hands for him to bring the pipes and coffee. He has coffee and pipes for everybody. I should like you to have seen the face of old Bowley, his college tutor, called upon to sit cross-legged on a divan, a little cup of bitter black mocha put into his hand, and a large amber-muzzled pipe stuck into his mouth by Spitfire, before he could so much as say it was a fine day. Bowley almost thought he had compromised his principles by consenting so far to this Turkish manner. Bulbul's dinners are, I own, very good. His pilafs and curries, excellent. He tried to make us eat rice with our fingers. It's true, but he scalded his own hands in the business and invariably bedizened his shirt. So he has left off the Turkish practice, for dinner at least and uses a fork like a Christian. But it is in society that he is most remarkable, and here he would, I own, be odious, but he becomes delightful because all the men hate him so. A perfect chorus of abuse is raised round about him. Confounded impostor, says one. Impudent jackass, says another. Miserable puppy, cries a third. I'd like to wring his neck, says Bruff, scowling over his shoulder at him. Clarence, meanwhile, nods, 
winks, smiles, and patronizes them all with the easiest good humor. He is a fellow who would poke an archbishop in the apron or clap a duke on the shoulder as coolly as he would address you and me. I saw him the other night at Mrs. Bumpshire's grand let-off. He flung himself down cross-legged upon a pink satin sofa so that you could see Mrs. Bumpshire quiver with rage in the distance, rough growl with fury from the further room, and Miss Pym, on whose frock Bulbul's feet rested, look up like a timid fawn. Fan me, Miss Pym, said he out of the cushion. You look like a perfect Perry tonight. You remind me of a girl I once knew in Circassia, Amina, the sister of Shamil Bey. Do you know, Miss Pym, that you would fetch 20,000 piastres in the market at Constantinople? La, Mr. Bulbul, is all Miss Pym can ejaculate. And having talked over Miss Pym, Clarence goes off to another hoory, whom he fascinates in a similar manner. He charmed Mrs. Wadi by telling her that she was the exact figure of the Pasha of Egypt's second wife. He gave Mrs. Tokley a piece of the sack in which Suleika was drowned, and he actually persuaded that poor, little, silly Miss Vane to turn Mahometan, and sent her up to the Turkish ambassadors to look out for a mufti. The Dove of Our Street If Bulbul is our lion, young Oriel may be described as the dove of our colony. He is almost as great a pasha among the ladies as Bulbul. They crowd in flocks to see him at St. Waldorf's, where the immense height of his forehead, the rigid asceticism of his surplice, the twang with which he intones the service, and the namby-pamby mysticism of his sermons, has turned all the dear girls' heads for some time past. While we were having a rubber at Mrs. Chantry's, whose daughters are following the new mode, I heard the following talk, which made me revoke, by the way, going on in what was formerly called the young ladies' room, but is now styled the oratory. End of section 9